Good morning, everybody. That was uh, the end, really the end of uh, the preseason uh, game number three for the Packers-Raiders. Packers did not score after the Raiders punched it in there. It ended up being 13-6 the final. Of course, it's Monday Morning Quarterbacks, presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. And, I'm, of course, I'm joined by Greg Matson. Good morning, Greg. Hey, good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm good. So I've, I watched the game live on Friday night, and I DVR'd it and watched it again, painfully so, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't get much better, did it? <laughs> it was a it's a tough game to watch, and you know the end of the preseason. That's why a lot of us think that should be two preseason games. But the three was really, I think, a chance for the Packers uh, staff to evaluate some of the players that may may or may not be on this team going forward. Yeah, you know, this is a pretty important week here. We know cutdown day happens September first by three o'clock. Rosters need to be whittled down from ninety to fifty-three. But I think the process will start this week. You'll see a handful of names uh, being given their papers to walk away, and then ultimately the more difficult cuts will happen following the fourth preseason game. So we're getting up on it here. Thursday of this week, the Packers travel to Kansas City for the final game. It will be most assuredly a showcase of backup players. Don't look for any starters uh, or you know projected starters to be on the field in Kansas City. It's all about the depth here, but you know the roster process, uh, the trim-down process, I think begins this week. So before we get to our players, uh, player of the game, what, what was your general takeaway from the game? I mean, the offensive line, this is mine, the offensive line looked rough. Uh, we will not see this lineup. If, if we do, we're in deep trouble throughout the rest of the season. And uh, defense, you know, so-so. Some plays were called back, but uh, what was your takeaway from the game on Friday? You know, I, I think it was a game where the defense outplayed the offense. I think it was a game that started off and had some rhythm to it, uh, really from both sides of the ball. Raiders executing a field goal scoring drive to start. The Packers put points up, up on the board. Their first drive, that was probably the best drive of the game for the Packers, their opening drive. And then it just lacked rhythm. And a lot of that was because of the play of the offensive line. You know, you're in a position now where you've got to figure out how many quarterbacks you're going to keep and who you're going to keep. I don't know that the offensive line did any favors for Deshaun Kaiser or Brett Hundley in this particular game. I think you look at the numbers and it would suggest Brett Hundley had the better day. I think as you watched the game back, you probably saw that to be true. Hundley has outperformed Kaiser, I think, but Kaiser had an incredibly leaky offensive line, and Hundley's wasn't that great either. So, you know, the two big issues I see coming out of that game on Friday were number one, who do you plug in place on the offensive line if an injury occurs, especially at tackle? And how much do you trust that person uh, or collection of people to protect Aaron Rodgers? And number two, I think this quarterback position is one of the more intriguing battles in camp. I think if you keep Brett Hundley, you're probably also going to keep Deshaun Kaiser because you've only had him for a few months after that trade. But if you decide to keep Deshaun Kaiser, you're probably walking away from Brett Hundley. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, choice here. And, of course, those of us who watch all the games or go to the games, you know, we, we want Aaron Rodgers to be playing in every game. But as we've learned you know, a couple times in the last you know, several years, that doesn't always happen. Um, looking at the game and watching it twice, Brett Hundley, I agree with you, he did have a better game. I wouldn't look at their play as anything I could judge any decisions on. That, that offensive line made it so difficult for them to do anything at quarterback. They were running for their lives or being you know, aggressively chased. Uh, it was hard to take anything away. Just looking at the player of the game, in my mind, and I, I would hardly ever go this route, but uh, punter J.K. Scott, he actually punted very well. He had a great average, 45.7, had seven punts because of the, the inability of the offense to move the ball. I'm going to give him my player of the game just because I didn't see anything else that stood out. There was a couple great plays on defense that got called back, but uh, my player of the game, J.K. Scott. 
Yeah, you know, it was kind of a showcase for rookies, uh, and Scott was one of those guys, and he may end up having a, a, the most impact out of any rookie this season. Uh, we'll see. He'll, he'll definitely be on the field. Hopefully the Packers aren't punting all that often. But you look at the interception by Jair Alexander. Uh, it was a play that, you know, the, the receiver got by him, but he was able to use closing speed and a tremendous vertical leap to go up and snatch the ball away. Uh, the play you talked about, great defensive play by Josh Jackson. In the second consecutive week, he should have had a pick six, mm-hmm. uh, but it was called back because of a penalty on the other side of the field. It's not like that penalty affected the play as it pertained to what Jackson was able to do. And uh, Jamon Moore, uh, I think it's a, it was a big game for him. He's a fourth-round draft pick. He's a wide receiver out of Missouri, and he's doing all the difficult things right, Steve. He's, he's finding a way to get open. He's finding a way to get separation and uh, beat his man at the line of scrimmage. That's the hard part in the NFL. And it should be the easy part, catching the football, but that's mm-hmm. proven very difficult for Moore throughout camp. But he stepped up and had a nice game. I thought a very important game on Friday. Four receptions, 62 yards, a long of 27 and it was, a, it was a game that he needed to have. Uh, you know, the, the Packers covet their draft choices, and they usually give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Moore is intriguing with his uh, size and speed combination, but he hadn't had the game yet. And uh, I thought he had the game that he needed to have on Friday. So uh, given what had happened the previous two games of the preseason, Jamon Moore is my player of the game. All right, so I go. I went with a putter, J.K. Scott. You would go with Jamon Moore. I hope it's the last time, Greg, I pick a punter for a player of the game. <laughs> right. You're listening and watching on Facebook Live if you're one of those folks that are tuned in there. We are uh, doing Monday Morning Quarterbacks, Greg Matzik and myself, presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. After the break, our drive of the game, that's also going to be a challenge. Steve Scafidi and Greg Matzik with you on this Monday right here on WTMJ. Monday morning quarterbacks presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. Greg Matzik, Steve Scafidi with you on this Monday. It's rainy Monday, and it uh, looks like there's more rain in the forecast. We'll uh, have regular updates from Debbie Lazaga this morning as we talk about the I-43 closures north of Milwaukee as a result of that flooding. Greg, as we look for a drive of the game, the Packers had a field goal in the first half and a field goal in the second half. I'm hard-pressed to figure out which one of those might be the uh, the drive of the game. Yeah, it was kind of a punt fest in between. So I'm going to go with the opening drive here. It was 10 plays, 57 yards, a little over five minutes. It answered a scoring drive by the Raiders and, quite frankly, should have been a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. one of the negative marks on that particular drive. But it was, in my opinion, the drive that had the most rhythm to it. And when you're talking about a backup offensive group going up against a starting defensive group in Oakland, I thought that was most encouraging. That was all the Packers' backups, and that was primarily uh, the Raiders' starters. Of course, they don't have their best player in Khalil Mack in a holdout situation, but I thought that was a nice step forward by that group. And it featured on a third down play a pass from Brett Huntley to Geronimo Allison. It was a nine-yard play. They picked up the third down conversion later in that drive. Hundley had a nice deep ball to Geronimo Allison for 31 yards. You know, one of the knocks on Hundley last year was his ability to complete the deep ball. We've seen him go deep to Devontae Adams this preseason. We've seen him go deep down to Geronimo Allison. So a sign of growth there, I think, in those two passes alone. And then it really it should have been a touchdown to Lance Kendricks. And I thought Brett Hundley did a fantastic job eluding traffic, getting to an open area where he could create a throwing lane. And he saw Lance Kendricks, gave him a throw right in the spot where he had to put it, and uh, Kendricks, as he turned his body away from a defender, just couldn't hang on to the ball. But uh, that's a ball he's got to catch. That was on a second and one. Of course, that third and one play went backwards, and they ended up with a field goal. But the drive had some rhythm to it, had a deep ball, had third down conversions, and unfortunately had a drop, otherwise it would have been a touchdown. But that drive, to me, stood out. 
Yeah, I agree with you on the on the opening drive. Uh, Kendricks, you got to catch that ball. The thing I watched it a few times and I actually replayed it. He did about two three sixties on his way to trying to catch that ball. So I, I get that he might have been a little dizzy, but that's one of those ones. If you're Aaron Rodgers throwing that ball, and I don't care what the receiver does, you catch that ball. And in that case, it cost him a touchdown. So we we agree on that one. As we look at this preseason game now, number three, number four will probably be very similar. What we won't see many starters. I'm I'm a little worried about the running game. And I understand they they didn't have an offensive line that was going to generate much in the ground game, but we only you know crank out about seventy yards, and they haven't been that spectacular in in, in the run game. What what are your thoughts moving into the season on what that might look like? Yeah, the run game seems to be at this point anyway a work in progress. Now I, I also do look at it the same way you do. I look at the offensive line group and I wonder how they can get anything done via the run game or the passing game. Just look at how under duress the quarterbacks were during the uh, during the passing game. But three yards a carry is is not a number the coaches want to see. They want that about four or better. You're playing without Jamal Williams, who's projected to be your starting back. Ty Montgomery had a, a bit of an injury, so he was out. And you had guys that just joined this team literally a week ago uh, carry the load in LaShun Daniels and uh, Bronson Hill. I mean, who were these guys coming into the last week? No one knew of them. Now they're on the Packers. So uh, Aaron Jones got his feet wet a little bit. He'll begin the season with a two-game suspension. I think ultimately it's going to be okay, Steve, because of the stress and pressure the passing game with Aaron Rodgers puts on defenses. It allows the defenses to commit more bodies to cover the the receivers, which makes it a little bit easier to run the football. I don't think you're going to see a lot of loaded boxes up front to try and stop the Packers' running game. The running game should kind of work off the passing game, uh, just given the talent that the Packers have in that area. So I'm not too concerned about it, but certainly three yards of carry is... It is not a great reflection on the job being done by the offensive line. Um, I, I think it, that's the bigger issue than the quality of backs the Packers have. You're listening to Monday Morning Quarterbacks, presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino, Steve Scafidi and Greg Matzik. So looking at the game in its entirety, and again, I saw, I, see it, I saw it a couple times, I am encouraged by the play of their secondary. I think there's some young players there, and also the addition or the uh, the bringing back of Tremont Williams. There's there's potential there, and you, you saw it with the, the one play that was called back. But Alexander, Josh Jackson, there's some uh, there's some room for optimism there. Yeah, and all you have to do is look at the trade the Packers made yesterday. They traded cornerback Lindsey Pipkins to Indianapolis for an inside linebacker named Antonio Morrison, a third-year player, a guy who started for the Colts last season. That helps in an area of need here for the Packers, an inside linebacker. But Pipkins was on the field last year, and guys like Josh Hawkins and Dimitri Goodson, they, they were counted on to play meaningful snaps last season, and now they're playing in the third and fourth quarters of preseason games. So it kind of gives you an indication where the Packers have gone with this group. And uh, you'll get Kevin King back out there. He should be ready to go for the uh, opening game. And uh, you've got some nice young draft picks in Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson who have both made splash plays in the preseason. The veteran presence of Devon House and Tremont Williams. It's better than it was a year ago. And I think overall this defense needs to be better than it was a year ago. But the cornerback play, the secondary play, it's also predicated on what happens at the front. So the defensive line, the outside linebackers, they have got to find a way to affect the quarterback. That helps make the life a lot easier for a defensive back. That, that's a great point. After the break, I want to ask you a little bit more about that. How, how the new rules uh, as far as tackling are going to affect this young secondary. Greg Matzik, Steve Scafidi, Monday Morning Quarterbacks, presented by Potomati. Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. After the break, we'll get to that question and also our pack stat of the game. That's coming up next right here on WTMJ. Monday morning quarterback Steve Scafidi, Greg Matzik. That was uh, actually Greg's player of the game. 
Jamon Moore, he actually had some great catches. But, I, Greg, I want to ask you about this change in the rule, the helmet rule, where you can't drop your, your head. What do you think that's going to mean for this young Packers secondary? Well, I think it's going to be a league-wide adjustment. Now, my gut feeling, Steve, is is that officials were told to call it rather liberally throughout the preseason. So you're seeing the flags fly. You're seeing coaches just irate on the sidelines, players wondering what are they supposed to do. Uh, you know, in a slow-motion world, you can definitely tell uh, what a legal hit and an illegal hit was based upon the new rule. But in the life of real-speed NFL, it's just got to be incredibly difficult for these players to to just train their line of thinking, what they've been taught for so many years. And we've seen some lower-the-shoulder hits that have been flagged because the official thought the helmet made contact first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Slow motion would indicate that, you know, that wasn't the case. But I think officials are being told to just, you know, let the flags fly during the preseason just so players start to, you know, pull off a little bit and start to adjust the way that they tackle ball carriers. So I, I think you'll see that lighten up a little bit. When the regular season begins, I think already in preseason, week number three, you saw fewer flags than in weeks number one and two. So maybe we're starting to trend in that direction already. Uh, but, you know, John Gruden was fired up on the sidelines on more than one occasion because of flags that were thrown. I think the hit on more today's NFL regular season, that's illegal. There was another play on the sidelines. I think it was one of the tight ends of the Packers. Kendricks ran out of bounds. And he delivered the blow, but the defender was called for the flag. Right. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I think it's a learning curve for the players and also for the officials. Greg Matzik, Steve Scavitti, Monday Morning Quarterbacks, presented by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. So pack stat of the game. I've got a couple options here on my side. One, penalties. These are not positive ones, Greg. So one of them, penalties. 13 by the Packers, 110 yards in penalties. And the other one? Yards per play average for the Packers, 3.5. If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to go with the penalties because I know Coach Mike McCarthy does not like that statistic. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of piggyback off what you said. Another number that stands out to me, 4 for 15 on third down conversions. That's like 27%, which is awful. That would be dead last in the league by a wide margin if you carried that over to the regular season stats from a year ago. So, you know, those all work together. The Packers were frequently in long down and distance situations. And with a leaky offensive line, you know, the Raiders' defense could just kind of pin their ears back and and work to get to the quarterback. No run game to speak of. Um, it, It was kind of a showcase for younger players in the receiving core and certainly wanted to see the quarterbacks. So, uh, yes, you had a little bit more passing than running. I think you'll see that again in week four. Uh, But the offensive numbers, the side of the drive that we talked about, one drive in the second half, it was just not a quality performance. And if I'm a Packers fan, the the most – concern i would have right now is that backup offensive line that was an atrocious performance and none of the backup tackles what i feel comfortable with on the field should something happen to the starters you know we saw minnesota vikings make a move on their offensive line could the packers conceivably do something similar at this stage of the uh, preseason yeah you know we talk about the line steve it's it, it it's not exclusive to green bay backup offensive line issues i mean it just it's the today's nfl big guys who can move the hard to find and GMs around the league covet those kinds of players. So, you know, of course, Brian Gutekunst will be looking to see what happens this week and next week during cutdown time. You might have a salary cap casualty, a, guy, a team looking to shed some salary. Maybe a younger player is developing behind him, and, you know, that veteran player becomes expendable. You know, look how Josh Sitton kind of fell into the Bears' lap a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pretty high quality player that was just all of a sudden able to be signed, and the Bears were able to get him. So, yes, you're hoping, I think, for something like that. 
you know, the Packers gave Byron Bell, a veteran offensive lineman, $500,000 bonus to come to Green Bay, and he hasn't done much. Uh, he might be a little more versatile, but when your versatility doesn't lead to strong results on the field, you know, how much do you take away from that? So, yes, I think it's an issue right now, and I, I, I think the Packers are searching because Brian Belaga is coming back off a, a torn ACL, and, you know, and injuries can happen just, uh, you know, any play in the NFL, and Packers could be trouble on that line without a starter. That's Greg Matzik. I'm Steve Scafidi. This is Monday Morning Quarterbacks presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. We're going to do it again Friday, Greg. Game four of the preseason. I look forward to talking to you after that one. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Mr. Greg Matzik. So it was an interesting game to watch. I watched it on uh, DVR again yesterday. My, my overall takeaway outside of the Monday Morning Quarterbacks thing is it's preseason. Cleveland Browns win a lot of preseason games. I think they've won one regular season game in the last two years. So don't put too much stock into it. Hopefully the uh, the injuries stay low in game number four. But uh, let me see what happens when they strap it on for real. That's Monday morning quarterbacks.